All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights, the only podcast dedicated to helping you learn both the technical and non-technical aspects of the investment banking process. Hello, I hope you're having a great day. My name is Alex Mason, and I'm your host. And we're talking about discounted cash flow. Discounted cash flow, all of the basics. Last episode, we talked about when you wouldn't use a DCF for a bank or financial institution, which I thought was a pretty interesting concept because it just highlights how businesses are just really different. You can't just have a one-size-fits-all answer for everything, especially when you're talking about financial institutions. But today's topic is about sensitivity analyses. Now, we've mentioned this topic briefly a couple of episodes ago, but we're going to talk about it a little bit more for a few minutes here today. And the question is this. What types of sensitivity analyses would we perform in a DCF? So what types of sensitivity analyses would we perform in a discounted cash flow model? Now let's remember that sensitivity analyses are what allows us to see a range of possible outcomes using different assumptions. And doing this helps us get a clearer picture of what could be possible from a valuation perspective depending on the inputs that you're using. Now remember, in a discounted cash flow model, we have all sorts of different inputs, right? We can look at our revenue growth. We can look at our EBITDA margin. We can look at the number of years that we're making our projections for. We can tweak our discount rate, our weighted average cost of capital, and all the various components that go into our weighted average cost of capital. We can kind of play with all of those things. But what are some specific sensitivity analyses comparisons that we can make? Well, here are some that we could do. We could look at, number one, revenue growth versus terminal multiple. So revenue growth, of course, a very key piece of assumptions. If you're assuming revenue is going to grow at 5% versus 7% or 15%, you're going to get very, very different numbers in your ultimate valuation And you can compare that versus the terminal multiple. You could also compare number two, EBITDA margin versus terminal multiple. So your EBITDA margin, how how much uh, margin is this business making? And remember that margin is this concept of of kind of like profit is kind of how I think about it. Um, Like after the cost of goods sold is accounted for, what is what is left over after that, basically. So what do you have in terms of your, your margin? So EBITDA margin, you could play with those numbers a bit. Maybe the business is running a little bit more or less efficiently compared to some baseline assumption that you have, and you can play with a range of values for that. So EBITDA margin versus terminal multiple. And then number three, you could look at terminal multiple versus discount rates. Terminal multiple versus discount rate. Remember, our terminal multiple is something like, we could look at EBITDA multiple, for example. So maybe five times EBITDA or seven times EBITDA as far as what we expect the business to trade for at the end of the period in our discounted cash flow model. Now, we could compare that, those range of values, to something like a discount rate. We've talked a lot about discount rate in the past dozen or so episodes. I mean, discount rate, what's your weighted average cost of capital? 
Is it 5%? Is it 8%? Is it 13%? What are those numbers looking like? And so if you have higher discount rates, like how is that going to affect your multiple at the end of the day? And you can kind of look at those range of values. And then number four, you could also compare something like a long-term growth rate versus your discount rates. Now, what's the difference between these two things? Well, we know that discount rate is what we are assuming as far as the hurdle rate or the time value of money, so to speak, for the cash flows of this business. Because remember, we're discounting back to the present. So that's what that is. But long-term growth rate is a little bit different. Remember, we talked about these two different pieces of the discounted cash flow model. You have the medium-term future cash flows, so say between five and 10 years from the present, and then you have the long-term cash flows. And this is where you get the concept of terminal value from. So in that terminal value, part of the discounted cash flow model, what kind of growth rate are we assuming? Are we assuming the average rate of the GDP growth of the country where the company resides? Are we assuming a different, uh, a different multiple method, like looking at the median multiples of comparable companies and using that to inform our long-term growth rate? Uh, there are different ways we can go about this, but that's kind of the difference between long-term growth rate and discount rate. We could compare those two and look at ranges of values for each of those two variables in our analysis. Now, in summary, what are the key variables we're looking at here? We can look at, number one, revenue growth. Number two, EBITDA margin. Number three, our discount rate. Number four, our terminal multiple. And then number five, our long-term growth rate. So we can play with the values for any of these things and compare them with each other in order to get a range of values Then uh, that is our sensitivity analysis. Now, one thing that you wouldn't do, which is, I think, an interesting point, is that you wouldn't combine the long-term growth rates and compare it with the terminal multiple, for example. And this wouldn't make sense. And the reason is because the terminal multiple, as I understand it, that's what the company could sell for at the end of some time period, right? We talked about five times EBITDA, seven times EBITDA as examples. But the long-term growth rate implies that the company is just growing into perpetuity. Remember our Gordon growth model, where we plug some numbers into an equation and we have this long-term growth rate that's basically assuming the company is going to just keep growing and growing at some low growth rate. So that's kind of how I understand it. So you wouldn't compare those two things. You wouldn't compare long-term growth rate with a terminal multiple. But any of those other things that I mentioned as far as the variables in your sensitivity analysis, you could very much compare those. So that's how I see it. But that's what I got for you today here on Investment Banking Insights. I'm so grateful that you're listening to this show. I just, I keep recording them and you keep listening and I'm going to keep recording them because man, I, I feel like number one, it's fun for me. <laughs> First of all, I'm actually enjoying it. I hope you can tell. Number two, I'm learning so much and I know if I'm learning a lot, then you're learning a lot. And thank you for your messages from those of you that have written to me and uh, or messaged me and, and let me know that you are learning a lot too. So that just gives me so much joy to know that I'm helping you out. So thank you so much for continuing to listen. Next time on the show, we're going to be talking 
more about DCFs, but we're going to be talking about how debt plays into the whole concept of a DCF. Kind of an interesting discussion. So we'll get to that next time on Investment Banking Insights. Until then, have a great day.